אוקיי, ג'ין, רדי אין, חמש, ארבע, שלוש, שתיים. So pumped when I hear that song. Come see me. Come see me live, dude. I'm, I'm touring like a mofo. Come see me Valentine's Day weekend at Tampa, Tampa, Florida, at the Improv, uh, the weekend of February 14th and 15th. And then San Francisco, Cobb's Comedy Club, Pasadena at the Ice House here. Uh, March, we're doing Doral, Florida at the Miami Improv. March 26th to 28th, Dallas at the Addison Improv. New York, a.k.a. Judor Titties, Carolines, Des Moines, Des Moines, Funny Bone, Phoenix, Stand Up Live, and Cleveland, Ohio at Hilarities, and then San Antonio Tejas at the LOL Comedy Club. <laughs> and then, hmm, what's a, we talked about this before, what's a crazier name for comedy club, Dr. Grins or Laugh Out Loud? I feel like... I feel like Dr. Grins, you could probably, you know, say that it's named after someone. It's not. But laugh out loud. Mm. Mm, LOL. And then I'm going, I actually just added Vancouver. It's not up on the board yet, but it will be. And I'm so excited. And, and there's a lot of good things coming up in 2020. I can't announce yet, but it's just around the corner. Tickets at Christina P. Online. Also, if you don't know, uh, hello, I have two Netflix specials. One is called Mother Inferior. And one is The Degenerates. I stuttered. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silence. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Uh, okay. Aha, I can do it. Can you do it? Can you do the Cardi B thing? The Cardi B, okay. Do it, do it. Oh, sad. You're so weakened from your coronavirus, you can barely do it. Yeah, I can barely <laughs> just gather the strength to uh, to get a good okr out. Okr. I love her. Yeah, so we were native. You were in China and you were eating snakes. Yeah. Yeah, I was in China eating snakes, and I'm like, I'm on top of the world. Nothing can hurt me. And then uh, a couple weeks later, I come back, and I'll tell you what. Uh, in the morning, I just started waking up to people sending me articles, oh, just sliding in my DMs, being like, Blue Ben, you're going to die. I'm like, oh, my God. I know, and I am such a dope. I totally believe everything I read in my DMs. Uh-huh. You know, they're like, Christina, you shouldn't drink and take Xanax. You're going to get holes in your brain from Alzheimer's. And I was like, what? <laughs> I totally, I asked Dr. Drew about it on his show. I was so upset. But anyway, I don't think you have it. It's been, what, three weeks since you were there? Yeah, like like I had, I had a succulent Chinese snake on Such- Christmas, New Year's, uh, or, or sorry, on, a, like, on Christmas Ugh. Day. Yeah. And so the incubation period, I think, is two weeks. I am fine. You're I did fine. get sick when I came back. Probably had coronavirus, but that is now out of my system. You're fine, dude. You're fine. Dr. Drew said I was fine. I'm, not, I'm barely well, worried. Well, Drew said that he thinks he had coronavirus because uh, he was hanging out with somebody who came back from China with it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, it's, it's a cold. He's like, it's a really horrible, horrible cold. 
but he he yeah. conquered it. So. Yeah, there's like 14 symptoms. I'll t- like, I went on Reddit and like <laughs> five out of the top 20 videos oh, were just people in the streets standing and then just fainting. Cool. From having coronavirus, cool. but I have not fainted yet. I did you're not fine. wake up in a weird place. I'm all right. And you're young and healthy. You're, yeah, you're totally. I got cockroach fine. DNA. I could yeah, survive bro. a nuclear holocaust and a normal one. A hundred percent, dude. You got that fucking dirty immigrant <laughs> stuff in you. Me too. So I'm, ha- I'm a Polly and by, and I'm happy to announce that I have been. I'm back in the Pilates. I had a cold. It took me down for a week or and a half. And I'm back. I'm on a primal diet. I eat protein and vegetables, and it is so depressing. I'm not drinking alcohol. I'm drinking my Cardi B tea. Oh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm on the program because um, I'm on the snapback. <laughs> yeah, bitch. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to lose the last of the baby weight. Uh, Catch me outside. That, How about that? That's right, because bitches be snapping back. You know what I'm saying? Bitches be snapping back. You just got to do the snap back. It sucks, but you can't give up the fight. And um, my motivation is that I have been watching Thousand Pound Sisters on TLC, the Learning Channel. Go ahead and Google that one, please, Nada. And my buddy, uh, Nakia, who's been on the show, Nakia and I joke that we are like the thousand pound sisters because she and I are like, how's your diet? What are you eating? What'd you eat today? You know, we're pretty good about admitting to each other when we blew it and when we haven't. And are they a combined thousand pounds or a K a piece? Yeah, it's so awesome. So these two are actually famous YouTubers apparently too. And uh, combine there, one of them's only 400. One oh, of that's great. A little meager 400 pounder. Bad. And the 600 pound one, see if you can guess which one weighs 600 <laughs> by the fat deposit in her forehead. Yeah, that's exactly what gave it yeah. away for me. I think she, no, yeah. wait, but hold on this one. Mm. Yo, but oh. she's got a husband. The other one's like the the prettier one, and she's got a husband and a life kind of. Wait, which one's the prettier? Right, one? I know, I know. It's a lot. It's a lot. Because oh, you Gina, know, you're fat shaming. Yeah, because no. this is crazy bad for you. This cannot be healthy. Do not fucking tell me that weighing four hundred pounds is okay. It's not okay. It's not. Okay, so sorry. The one on the the one on the my left. Does it at least looks symmetrical. Yeah. You know? Well, they're also in Kentucky. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Okay, buddy. All right. Um, so they're, they've decided to cu- to go and get the, the stomach stapling, which is what they all do. But there's always emotional issues underlying the obesity. Uh, but my favorite is that they drink sodies. <laughs> and the some so, yes, yeah, some some pop, but it's so the obese sisters are like they're the doctors interviewing them and and he's like, what have you been eating? Have you been? And she's like, well, I just have one soda a day, and of course the one soda is like a gallon tub. Google one thousand pound sisters soda. I mean, if I drank, I don't drink soda. Okay, that's like the one thing I'm. <laughs> oh, life, Sodi. Try S O D I E. I don't know. I don't know if they'll show you the amount. It is so gnarly. These poor girls. You know, there's obviously emotional trauma underlying um, uh, uh, this this tremendous need to eat compulsively. And I get it. I would weigh a thousand pounds easily, easily. Um, I love to drink and I love to eat. It, it really is my thing. Well, you're not going to find it, but check out Thousand Pound Sisters on TLC if you really want to feel good about what you weigh 
and where you're at and how your snapback is going. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Um, so I was, um, I follow Madonna on the gram and you know, how old, would you Google how old that bitch is now, Madonna? I'm a huge fan. Look, I'm never going to cast dispersions at the great Madge. Um, yeah, she's 61. She's 61 now. And she- there's so much going on with her. The face is, it's a, it's a, it's a lot. There's a lot going on in the face in terms of, uh, surgery. Yeah. And then she had her butt done. Great. Okay, this is a picture of her. She's 61, and she has a, the 25-year-old dancer boyfriend. <laughs> Good for her. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? She she could get it. She's getting it. She is getting it in. Yeah. But I always... If you could pull it off, you know? Yeah, but the thing is, like, I get it. 25-year-olds look... But they, but they look like babies. Like, when I look at... Some of the kids that work here, I'm always like, ooh, but you're like children. It's like you feel you feel maternal towards 25-year-olds. Maybe you, know? <laughs> maybe you do. I do. Yeah, uh, Madonna feels something else towards she 25 She feels a little, ugh, I think But it's... I mean, like, is there someone that you feel bad in this situation? Because I, I think uh, uh, Ala Malik is loving it. Oh, he's loving it. Yeah, for sure. I think she's taking care of his family. You think so? Uh, well, I think, uh, like, I was doing some Googling on this. He yeah. has already introduced her to his family, mm-hmm. and she loves them all. I, I think there's – I can't tell if he has a baby that she said that she's going to, you know, love unconditionally. Oh, that's cool. Or if Madonna was saying that to Ala Malik's mother, saying that she will love her son unconditionally. <laughs> I, I don't remember oh, which uh, one it was. But yeah. She's going to love something She's going to love somebody. Unconditionally, yeah. I mean, look, I get grossed out when I see – 61 year old men with 25 year old girls like who's that that great guy we i follow him on instagram john john valuki john valuki he's like this playboy and he's totally useless human being he he's one of these people that has so much money and free time that all he does is exercise and dj (laughs) that's how you know you're really wealthy when you can go somewhere and dj like paris hilton djs and like no she doesn't and neither does this guy gian Venaluki or whatever his name is uh, and he's always got some 20 year old hottie patati on his arm too and it is so gross because all the comments are like cool that you hang out with your grandfather <laughs> like he's so gross so here they are so what's going on now these are the photos on TMZ you know Madonna she does a great she adopts a lot of African children which is sweet and great and um, yeah there they are I just can't imagine the conversations you'd forced you'd be forced to have with any 25 year old i'm saying you know as a 60 as a 43 year old sometimes you idiots say shit and i'm like i can't even imagine having to listen to these guys talk. what's your favorite color yeah (laughs) (laughs) they talk about colors numbers yeah crayons what's your favorite kind of hamburger i know it's it really is just that like the the intellectual you know i can't even imagine how fucking boring it must be to talk to a 25 year old when you're 61 and she's such an accomplished human you know they have nothing in common besides his d well you know like she tries to keep it young like i remember mm-hmm. uh i think she was yeah she does she was trying to so, someone taught her that you know ecstasy is now being called molly or is like now being synthesized into something more pure and she's mm-hmm. like uh, how many, like there's a video of her at a concert like, how many of you hanging out with Molly tonight? 
Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It sounded weird coming out of her mouth. Um, okay, go to her Instagram. You guys have to do this with me now. Okay, so I'm obsessed with her, everybody's Instagram because it's a window into your mental illness, all right? How you present yourself on the gram is what you think of yourself. So I'm on there, and so right now Madonna is touring, and she's got an injury. And I have to tell you, as a performer, I've been a stand-up comedian for, what, 17 years it is inevitable that you perform sick, that you perform with a fever at times, that you perform um, after having just vomited or having diarrhea or whatever. It is part of the gig, okay? That's why not everybody can be a stand-up comedian, okay? Because it, you do it under great duress. You do it on days when you find out your fucking dog dies. You do it on days when you find out your parent dies. There's, there's no canceling the show, okay? That's the skill of being a professional entertainer. Now, what she's doing lately, and it makes me batty, is she's got an injury. Scroll up. Okay, there's one where she's giving herself an ice bath. Up, 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 more, more. Stop. On the far right. And she makes such a production of like, I'm powering through these injuries for you. I'm taking an ice bath after my shows just for you, for the love, of, and to make a show that's good. It's like, bitch, first of all, you're fucking 80 years old, okay? You don't have to dance the way you did when you were 20 years old. I don't think anybody really expects you to do it. Um, and again, it's your show, asshole. You don't have to do anything. Like, you can stand and sing. You don't need to jump up and down and do and go up ladders and all that. So here she is in her ice bath. And, you know, it's a bit, and everyone's, every one of her entourage has to stand around her and admire her as she's in the ice bath. Can you play? I know it's got music, but maybe we could just do the visuals in the dog. Yeah, like that's the, oh God, I'm getting massaged. And now, you know what I mean? Like they, it's always drama with her. Like, oh God, here I am getting into, oh, it hurts so much. I'm doing this for you, for you, for the audience. Like, ugh, right? It feels like, bitch, no one's asking you to do this. Stop. You've got millions of dollars. Stop. Do you see Do you see what I'm saying, though? Am I out of line here, Nadav? Am I crazy? Hold on, Christina. Do you not go into ice baths after every <laughs> one of your shows? Right. You don't have to do this to yourself. You know, I guess maybe Madonna has unconditional love uh, for her <laughs> fans, you know? Is that what this is? For her fans yeah, or for her narcissism? Uh, she... Unconditional. Oh, yeah. look. Seeing Ala Malik oh, and is, there he is, is in there, too. Yeah, he, she's got For to... emotional support. Oh my God. Like this woman can't do anything by herself. You know, there's never a moment where she just, she can't have all, all eyes on her. It's so, oh God, I'd be so annoyed with her. Like, you know, it's an awesome thing to get adopted by Madonna, but then is it? <laughs> you have to deal with this nonsense as one of her little kids. You have to watch her take ice baths all the time. Yeah. And, and she's always making them sing and dance. Yeah. But just like, don't, like she's always making the kids go with her and perform, and there she is now. She's telling you. Oh, like, and she I'm still so... has the Kabbalah string on her wrist. Oh yeah, she's oh she's still into that nonsense. Good huh? for her. Yeah, she's still into it. So there you go. There's Madonna suffering on her Instagram. If you want to follow the ridiculousness, oh god, I can't. I, it's it makes me crazy when when performers say, "I'm I'm sick, but I'm still doing this." Like yeah, that's part of the job, dipshit. Not everybody has to know. But everything, you know. Uh, oh, and then she posts these prayers. Oh, my God. Like, remember in the Truth or Dare movie where the, the dancers and her pray before every performance? 
And then she put, she's still doing that stuff and they all hold hands and they all pray and they're so boring. And these are all about people you don't know. Like you guys are my family. I just want to thank, you know, Roger for his choreography and Rick for the, the craft services that he provides and, and the costume designer who sewed on my button today. Like, shut, listen, listen to this, how boring this is. You're going to kill yourself. Just listen. That'd be my last one. And I meant it. Um, what? <laughs> and I said that because. Um, I, yeah, I'm bored of, out of my time. So yeah, hurry up, talk, talking. asshole. God, how long do you Christians see. pray for? That's what I'm saying. It's a five minute, five and a half minutes of this nonsense. Where I come from, we don't take that lightly. Oh, I cannot cry. <laughs> Can you imagine I'm listening to this? On my plates when my okay, was I can't. I got. I gotta go. I gotta go. Like, is there anything worse than a forced prayer from somebody else? Like, you ever eat at someone's house, and they're like, "We pray before we eat," and you're like, "Why?" <laughs> like, yeah. To the magic man in the sky. <laughs> pray to your mommy and your daddy for you know putting that food on the table. Have you ever had anyone uh, tell you that they're gonna pray for you? That is so condescending, yeah. It's It's been wild. Uh, there was yeah. one, I, I was working on some set one time, and like, like <laughs> it was like the shit. last day of shooting, and so everyone's like going around, like, hey, it was great working with you these last couple weeks. And I guess one of them was super Christian, was like, hey, is there anything you want me to pray on for you? Oh, okay. Uh, I <laughs> have no idea how to respond to that. She's like, yeah, if you don't have any more gigs. <laughs> I know, it's so, because I think the thing is like, if you're going to pray for me, just do it. Like, you don't need to tell me. Yeah. That's because it's also kind of condescending. Like you need all the prayers you can get. Like Jesus needs to help your soul because you're so messed up. You know? Lord knows you're not gonna pray. Yeah, you're yeah, yeah. Pray for yourself. I'll you do ain't it. got no for you. God in your heart. <laughs> <laughs> well, also another thing that annoys me. You know, God forbid, it was so horrible. Kobe Bryant. We we record this a little bit early, but Kobe Bryant just passed away this weekend, and you know it's so awful. Everybody's so. I know I don't especially if you if you're in LA and he really is such a fixture he was such a fixture of the Lakers and he's just synonymous with our city and I I don't you know you're bummed everybody's bummed I get it I really do but I think what really always annoys the shit out of me is um as people posting it on Instagram like they have to convey their sadness to like who are you helping? You know, like you think that like his widow is looking, scrolling through Instagram and it's like, oh, good. I'm so glad um, Jenny from Cleveland posted this thing of support. Like it's not a real thing. It's like um, Anthony Jeselnik has this great bit about thoughts and prayers, you know, like when a tragedy happens and yeah. he's like, my thoughts and prayers, like, oh, you have to make it about you. Like in the midst of this tragedy, take a moment to know that I'm bummed. Like, yeah, we, you know, everyone's bummed. Yeah, I don't do it know. on the gram. Do it for uh, yeah, the gram. Yeah, am I, am I such an a-hole in the dub? I just feel like no, it's, no, no, no. It's, it's useless. No, like, it's, we get it. It's spot on. It's super self-serving. Yeah. Like it's not for anyone. Like you might as well just take a selfie. Yeah, I'm with sad. like some fake tears in your eyes and stuff, and be like, "Oh, this is the worst day of my life." I know. I just it annoys me because it does. It serves. I mean, maybe it serves the purpose of publicly like everyone's grieving together. Right? Is like, that what it is? Like if someone knew him personally, it's like That's that. Different. Then I understand. Yeah. You know, like m maybe like sports commentators that have been following him their entire career. If they were, if he was responsible for people getting started in their careers. Yeah. But like just some random like Instagram. 
I know. Just, it's so yeah. weird. I'm like, unless you have a picture with him, like don't. Right. And even then it becomes a contest of like, who's got a picture with that dead celebrity? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'm too dark. I'm too jaded. No, 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 no. But I, I think to, a lot of people would, would resonate with I'm that trying song. to think, because like when Joan Rivers died, I did, I had the good luck of meeting her and I did post a picture that I had with her, but that's probably the only time, you know? But she, you met Gosh. her in person. She was yeah. a staple in, like, you know, in your career, right? Yeah, like I love her. She's someone that you her. looked up to yeah. in your career. Yeah. But, but like, all these people don't play ball on Instagram, you I know? I guess, yeah. I think They're it's why. The League or it's such, like, an empty gesture, you know? It's like, everyone's, yeah. I don't know. I'm just a dick today. Yeah, I'm I mean, in a you, bad mood. You know what I do when someone really close to me dies? <laughs> Shut the fuck up about it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't make an Instagram post about I it. I'm just like, oh, my, I'm going to miss my uncle so much. It's like, no, I say that to my my sisters and my brother and my, my mom Maybe? and my dad. I say it yeah. to the people that it means stuff to, not to like, hey, everyone like this post so I could at least feel a little good yeah, that I, think, I have so many likes on my post. I think that's what it bothers me, too, is like if you're gen- if you really like when something bad really does happen to you, the last at least for me, the last place I turn to is the gram. I'm not going to post like, hey, my dog died. I'm, like, it's just not, you know, and if we do, it's like later, you know, once you processed. Right. It's, it's pre- not it, my go to. <laughs> it's pretty much saying like, hey, you know what is the shittiest thing that'll make me feel good if you press this button? Right. The like. I'm in such thing. a terrible mood and I'm so imbalanced that I if guess. you like this post, I will feel better about X, Y, Z dying. Oh, life. my gosh. I guess. Yeah. I'm totally on Team Christina on this. All one. right. All right. Just checking. Just checking. I heard they were going to take the likes off of the gram. I heard that, too. I have not seen any of that yet. No, maybe it's just a cool rumor. But actually, I kind of wanted to bring it back to, uh, to, to this Madonna thing. Go ahead. So it's crazy. She's 61. He's 25. Yeah. That's a pretty big gap. Yeah. What kind of gap is acceptable? 10. 10 years. 10 years? 15 max. Does it matter where you're at and which, if they're 10 years forwards or backwards? I mean, there's such a big difference between, let's say, a 30-year-old and a 20-year-old, right? But then once you're 30, I don't know. I feel like 30 and up is you're an adult. 40 and up, it's I think it's pretty cool. You know, for... What's right. the difference between 40 and 60? A little, I'm sure, a lot, but but at least intellectually, you're an adult. You're an adult. Mm-hmm. This guy's a kid. I mean, 25 is a child. So you're saying you're saying that Madonna should have waited until she was 70, 71, yes. and, then, and then, then he was 35, and then yeah. that's a normal relationship. I, I feel like that's that's a better age gap. <laughs> <laughs> Why? What do you feel? Uh, do you I don't know. It's always been a little weird, like. Uh, because I feel like I'm at I'm at an age right now. I'm 31, where it was like I remember even like a year ago, just like man, dating someone that's like 25 would be crazy young. Yeah, it's gross. Think, yeah, it's it's uh, I don't know. It's I, I don't think I have any strong thoughts on 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 what is a proper gap. Well, I'll tell you what I what I think is unfair in this is the the power balance is always off between um, an adult like a 61 or 60 year old yeah 61 year old woman. You know, socioeconomically, she's way better off. Um, emotionally, she's probably way more developed. She's got children. She's had a whole life with this career. And 25, like the guy has really nothing. At 25, the the imbalance of power is so great that it's it's really kind of gross. It's so exploitive that way. You know, it's purely, it's got to be purely physical. I'm sure he's a sweet kid. 
But, but maybe the, he's really good to her adopted kids. Yeah. Yeah, he's 25. Teaches them how to dance and stuff. He's a child. Like, he can't. What is he teaching them? You know, they're going to How play. to do all those Fortnite dances. Right. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. There are some people that just don't accept where they are, like what decade they're in. It's really odd. Oh, <laughs> oh So my dad's the same way, though. He thinks that, you know, he always surrounded himself with young ladies, young women, and, and maybe it makes them, it makes you feel like you're still, you know, young and relevant, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like we need to take I this to the to the listeners at home. Oh, should we? You know, like what is the, the biggest gap? age gap between you and your significant other? Oh boy, are you sure you want to open those floodgates? Judging by these cycles. Well, because I mean, you know, with Madonna and uh, Allah Malik or whatever this guy's name is, uh, like, are they going to have kids together? Are they going to have an actual relationship? I no. feel like the, I feel like actual like family units listen to this show, so she I wonder how big kids. of an age gap you have if while also having kids. Yeah, that's a lot. She has a lot of kids now too. How, oh God, how many does she? Well, have? she's got Lola, the her DNA, her bio kid. She's got Rocco that she had with her trainer. <laughs> um, oh, she has six. And kids. then yeah, oh sorry, Lourdes was Lourdes the first. Lourdes Leon, Rocco, Rocco Richie, Richie, David Banda, Mawali, Kachoni, Richie, Kachoni, Excuse Ciccone. me. Ciccone. There's Mercy. Ciccone. I know Mercy. Estelle, Mercy James, Estelle, Chaconi, St- Astier. Yeah. yeah, she's she's always putting them on Instagram, making them perform and stuff. <laughs> she's always like, come on, come on, sell, dance, dance, sing. I'm like, oh my, I would kill myself. It was a horrible existence. <laughs> all right, so first of all, I would like to thank everybody that emailed the horrifying uh, accounts of you giving hand jobs, receiving blowjobs on rides at Disneyland. The emails keep coming. You're going to die. Hold on. Let me find the latest ones. I mean, like this one just came in today. You're going to, this one's really, this person worked at uh, Disneyland. Hold on. Banging at Disney. Desecrate. I mean, they're everywhere. Oh, yeah. I think I Did saw that one. It's, that it's one? not just the people. It's not just the, the patrons going to Disneyland that are giving BJs on, on oh, the Haunted Mansion. No. It's the people that work there, here, too. Here you go. Disneyland BJs. Hey, mommy. So I used to be a cast member at the happiest place on earth, and you'd be surprised. I have given numerous BJs and hand jobs to my boyfriend on our visits, and I'm not the only one. Anytime you're alone in any attraction where no one is watching, you take any opportunity. <laughs> okay. And if you think guests are bad, think about the cast members. Not saying they are, but just think about it. Piss on me, beat me, Jasmine. I'm not saying they are, but just think about it. Okay. Well, whatever. The most jizz soaked place on earth. <laughs> The jizziest place yeah. on earth. <laughs> McDonald's. McDonald's. Wait, is it? Oh, no. He's the happiest place on earth. Did he have What's yeah, McDonald's? What's McDonald's? Uh, oh, the, uh, the ha- a billion smiles served. Uh, right? A, bil- see, a billion smiles see, used. And now that gets me into thinking how much inappropriate stuff is happening everywhere then. Like, are people banging oh, at, at a McDonald's? Absolutely. The, yeah. I, th- I think more people are banging uh, in McDonald's bathrooms than Disneyland rides. Uh, Across the wow. world, internationally, I mean, you know, I'm saying like um, that the employees in the back, like, are people banging on the fry later and stuff? <laughs> yeah, give us a call two one three three seven five five one eight four or where my mom's at at gmail dot com to tell us if you're a fry cook at McDonald's and you're banging in the kitchen. Oh my gosh! I mean, look, I've worked in restaurants, I've worked in Starbucks, I've worked at bars, and um, 
You know, I'm sure when the when at night after you close, you can party and drink and do stuff. So I'm sure people do it after closing time. Right. But, like, what is the like? Did you guys party in your Starbucks after you closed? Yeah. Yes. I'm, no. I mean, like, we turn on music and clean. That was the big to do. But I we didn't do anything bad because it, it's got cameras and stuff, so you really couldn't. Even in the freezer, no one got finger banged in the freezer. Not that I know of. I mean, in the bars, like in the bar I worked at, I'm sure people were fingering and getting horny there. Um, I don't know. Comedy clubs are notorious. I mean, I've heard of people getting BJs in the back of the the original room at the comedy store back before you know Adam took over. Just so <laughs> gross. That place was covered in jizz. The oh, comedy yeah. store. Ugh. I remember God. going there before the the Renaissance, and it was a pretty cool place. So so divey, and that's so funny, dude. Like back before. I love how everybody wants to hear female comics now, but when I started, it was such an uphill battle. Like you go to the comedy store and there's this evil group of boys there and they would literally just try to run the girls out. It was like you like they dared you to come in and do stand up. They'd be like, You fucking stupid bitch, you're not funny. Like they really would say crazy shit to me and I'd have to be like, Fuck you and just come in and do my shit. It was pretty crazy. Different times. Here's my um Look what I got today. Uh, wait, no, Garcia, uh, <laughs> we've had such crazy reactions. Yeah. To uh, your method, and here's what's here. Go ahead. I, I was thinking about this. Here's what's the most insane uh -huh. part: is that I remember we were talking about the hanky, and you yeah. were like, "That is foul. I cannot yeah. believe anyone that yeah, would do that." I don't like a hanky. And then here you are doing the exact same thing, but instead with a cloth that you could reuse. Yeah. You're just doing it with a tissue. Yeah, but then I throw the tissue away at the end of the day. I don't wash it. At the end of the it. day. Or in a, in a few days when I find it in my pocket. In a few days? Yeah, because sometimes I've been sick. Okay, I've even done this. Is that I'll be sick and then I'll I'll find a used snot rag as I'm walking around. I'll be like, oh, rad. Like, I needed a Kleenex. And then I'll use rad? it from a previous sickness even. I'll be like, cool. And then I'll just use it again. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I think I need to remind you, Christina, that you are you are now making money. You can have multiple tissues oh, a day. I, I deserve it. Yeah, you deserve oh to have God. a fresh tissue every Thank time you. you need to blow your nose. Thank you. I don't know. Thank you. I don't know why you needed to hear that, but I think you do I think need I to do. hear that. Can I tell you what I did? What? First of all, I so we're moving in the present moving, and I I've been looking. I, you know, you take inventory of your belongings. And um, I was like, I was looking at our plates and everyone is different. Like <laughs> they're all, like, we look like total frat boys. I, I drink out of mugs. I don't even have one drinking glass in our house. I drink water out of mugs or plastic cups and all my plates are mismatched and look like shit. So yesterday, like a big girl, I went to Crate and Barrel and I bought big girl, 43-year-old woman plates. And I'm so excited. Oh, congratulations. Yes. And I was like, I can't believe. I mean, I've been using the same um, whisk for, since I was 28. I'm 43. I don't know what the math is. That's how, same whisk and ah. the same uh, egg beater thing. I'm Those like, don't go bad. Y yeah. They're gr it's old. It looks shitty. And everything's ratty. So anyway, I'm very proud of myself. So, But I want to show this video. Someone sent in the... Uh, handkerchief how to properly use one this guy looks so first of all let's talk about his gear this is a total dad he's got the brown leather belt and then he's got the side patch what is that a phone 
holster, yeah. the yeah, phone the holster. Phone holster. Mm-hmm. And then he's got his shirt tucked in. I love this yeah, guy. Yeah, this guy is definitely an authority on hankies. Yeah, okay, here he is. Why use a snot rag? <laughs> is use the trifold method. <laughs> that way you can blow your nose. Mm-hmm. And then you can fold in and around. Ugh. That way you always have a fresh area. Sure. Then after you do that, mm-hmm. you can always go and bring it all the way open, fold it back in. It's it's a lot. You- but it's a lot of it's a lot just to get a snot, you know. But then you clean that and you reuse it. Does it does the bacteria really Hold come on. out of you it? You think this is crazy? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> It's too much work. You don't. You Look think this is this more is. work? Ugh. This is more work. It's a. It's a. It's like a. It's like a a, a. a. A duvet cover that he's using, and then he's gonna wash that. And what if the snots don't come out of it? You're gonna have boogers and stuff in it. Yeah, that's. Uh, you would do this over a dirty. T-shirt. I wouldn't do any of them. I wouldn't <laughs> do any. I. I would rather snot rocket just into the onto the pavement <laughs> than reuse a tissue or a hanky. I. I rather. I'd rather take the risk of it getting on me than to have uh, something in my pocket that I know is going to get reused. I know. I got Nasty you. Nasty as hell. Nasty as hell. How much do you love picking your nose, though? I do love it. It's like my it. favorite. It's oh, yeah. my favorite. <laughs> oh, yeah. That reminds me, you know, since yeah. we're in the follow-up thing, um, <laughs> a lot of what these people, th- a lot of what people submitted that they think they, makes them gross uh, is yeah. just like, hey, shit, I do all of this. Every day. I <laughs> yeah. agree. That's why I haven't really been into those emails because I'm like, she's like, I pick my earwax. I'm like, and that's every day for me too. <laughs> yeah. Like I get I, I yeah. get pretty advanced with some of my techniques. <laughs> like what? So so I've been doing this, <laughs> I've been doing this new thing. <laughs> oh, God. Because <laughs> like, you know, I have these Q-tips like just in a cup uh, in yeah. my bathroom and like I don't need to use them all the time for my ears. And then I thought like. Because, like, I trim my nails, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, I can't... If you have, like, a boogie inside your nose and you don't have nails, it's hard to it's, get it out. It is, yeah. So, so, I realized that if you take one of the Q-tips in your ears, it's so good at getting earwax, I bet it's really good at getting boogies, too. Good. I like your thinking. So, and... I keep it shallow. And, you know, there's no there's no nose drum to puncture when you're <laughs> up in true. there digging. So, you know, you stick, up, you stick a Q-tip up in there, mm-hmm. and then you just start twisting until it catches. And when it oh. catches... Let me tell you, Christina, it feels amazing. It's, that's good. See, that's not bad. That's that's very hygienic of you. See, it's not bad, but if you saw it, it looks insane. It I, looks I, crazy. I caught my reflection in the mirror when I did it, and I'm like, this is a weird. This is weird. This looks weird. I <laughs> know. Uh, yeah. I don't know if anyone else does that, but uh, I have started uh, doing that over the last couple one. months. I use the Q-tip to clean out my belly button. You do that one? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. You kind of have to. <laughs> yeah. Do you... Do you uh, do you ever smell what comes out of yes. your belly button? T- I smell everything that comes out of me almost. I totally. hate that I like I know that worst. it smells bad, but I still have to smell it. Yeah, of course. And it's rancid. It does. Ne- it never of smells course. good. It never surprises me. Like, <laughs> oh wow, I'm glad I smelled that. I've never had that thought after after cleaning my belly button. <laughs> it's so gross. I bet Josh the cockroach can top all of us though. What's the grossest thing you do, Josh? Be honest. Your grossest thing that you do privately that nobody really knows about. I mean, I bet I do grosser stuff, but not anywhere near in this fucking realm. I am appalled at all of you right now with your fucking... You act like a woman in the Depression with your tissues. 
saving them in your pocket don't you think the snot gets in your pockets and then on your jeans and stuff like that then it's the same as the hanky i don't care like i'm the type okay for instance like if i have cheeto dust on my fingers like i just wipe it on my shirt or like on my pants i'm not okay but what's the why are you so grossed out by the hanky though i don't like the idea of reusing something like that like I don't like to wash it and then bring it back. It's like it's like using di- diapers that you can reuse again. Like why? Just throw them out, dude. Do it freshy. Well, yeah, I get, I I completely again on the same side as you there. <laughs> uh, but when <laughs> then when you apply that logic to tis- tissues, tissue, yeah, because it's it's just laziness. It's just that I don't. If I'm sick, I'm tired, and I don't want to get up and get another one. The second you know I use saying? a tissue, I want it. <laughs> away from my eye line or I want it in the garbage immediately. Yeah. It can't get into the garbage fast enough. I oh. wish I could just blow my nose into the garbage. See, I'm, I kind of like it. Like when I see this knot in there, oh, I'm like, oh, God, I'm going to vomit. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, like, I like to check it out. No. Yeah, you have to look at it. No, I don't even want to know. It's. I want to know it's out of my nose and then maybe it's in there. It's like a spider you kill. You put it in there and you don't look at it. You keep it's it inside. Spider. Really? And then you throw it in the garbage. I have. You have to look at your snot to make sure you're not like really sick. Can I tell you one time Ew. I blew I blew neon yellow snot. Have you ever blown like neon? Hell yeah. Yeah. No, I, I have no idea. Dude, that once in my life it came out bright like a highlighter and I was so sick. You got to look. You got to make sure you're not like really infected. Why? What are you going to put it in a microscope? You're no. going to be able to d- tell what disease <laughs> yeah. you have from your snot? You go yes. to the doctor. They yes. tell you. It doesn't. But- you're like, I feel sick. You don't need a <laughs> snot to tell you. Yeah, you do. Because then that's how you know you have to call the doctor and get antibiotics. Because otherwise I just power through stuff. I don't go every time I'm sick like a fucking sissy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like you go to the doctor, Josh. No, I never go time. to the doctor. Yeah. I blow the snot in. I go, I'm sick. And then I move on with my day. When's the last time you went to a doctor? Uh, I was 24. <laughs> <laughs> How old are you now? I just turned 34. <gasps> oh, my God. Oh, my God. What about a dentist? What, has that ever happened? Uh, I did go to one at 28. Wow. Wow. And you haven't yeah. had a cavity or any pain or reason to? I haven't felt like I need to. I probably have to. But I... Like, haven't had anything where I'm like, this is hurting me or anything like that. That's a long time. So, wait, the dentist was 28? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's not Doctor so bad. was a real long time. That's a really bad one. It's scary. You're so gross. You're gross with <laughs> me. All right, let's go on to this dad hack. I like this one. Um, this guy writes, when I was a kid, I would go to my friend's house who had a grip of animals, dogs, cats, ferrets, chickens, and even horses at one point. The dogs were separated. However, the dogs that were allowed inside the house were not quite potty trained. And when my friend would find a dump on the floor, he would grab a bowl from the kitchen and cover the brown instead of cleaning it up. <laughs> I thought Tom could use this one next time he sees the kids make a mess. Keep them high and tight, Nikki. I love that. What do you mean, Tom? I need to use that so I don't have to clean up anything. <laughs> if you don't see it, it doesn't happen. That's the best part of any kind of mess. Uh, let's see any more. So many carnival fingerings. I can't. I can't do it anymore, guys. Oh, we Ugh. actually we have a, a voicemail follow up. Oh, cool. Hey, Gene. Watching your most recent episode, and you're talking about <laughs> nasty snot habits, and you do the exact same thing that I do. I soak. Good. 
Good for you. And he's fine. He sounds like a nice guy. He sounds like he's got his stuff together, pays his taxes, is a homeowner. Okay. Uh, I used to give my high school boyfriends BJs in the church parking lot. Oh, that is the only place we didn't have to worry about someone seeing us. <laughs> That's actually a good point. <laughs> you wouldn't think that anybody would be doing that in a parking lot of a church. What about God? Doesn't God see that? <laughs> That's true. God does. Well, usually there's just AA meetings and stuff. Not getting beaches. I also had sex in a Dillard's fitting room. Mmm, Dillard's. I don't think I've been in a Dillard's. I don't have those so much here. Wow. Okay. Well, there you go. This gross thing I do. Earwax. So, uh, I'm a single lady in my late 20s, and I never want to have kids, but your podcast is hilarious, and I enjoy it. Well, thank you. Uh, I have a confession to make. While I'm not a mouth-breathing Chewbacca woman, I do not use the same crusty tissue all day long like some people. I have a habit of scratching earwax out of my ears, picking it out from under my nail and flicking it. That's disgusting. Sometimes I put it in the trash can. Sometimes not. It's super gross. Otherwise, I'm... Kiss me outside. Uh, How about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a very waxy... Okay, I'm going to throw up. I can't. I can't. I changed my mind, guys. I don't want to know what you do privately. Changed my mind. Wait, but you don't do that? No, thanks. I, I pick my earwax and then I wipe it on my pants or something. I wipe it. I don't I don't flick it. No. How okay okay, that's the line? What I just wipe it on like a tissue or I'll wipe it on my clothes, yeah. So it stays on you the whole day? Probably, yeah. I think that's gross. That's so, nastier. Yeah, but I'm covered in like baby spit up and I'm covered in shit anyways, because I'm taking care of two small kids. You know, hmm. there's always caca and piss all over me. It's like, who cares? Oh, <laughs> oh, uh, oh Lester chips. We discussed those on the last show. I like that. <laughs> I have a great story about Olestra chips. In college, I lived in a city that was known for being a test city for new products. Wow, chips were one of them. Remember those? Wow, I have diarrhea. <laughs> Several of us that lived on the same floor, we got stuck in our dorm for a long weekend and binged out on those chips. We hadn't heard about the warnings, but we all found out quickly why they didn't last long. Easily for the next 18 hours. <laughs> there was always at least two of us in the communal bathroom with the explosive diarrhea. It was awful. As the article said, I still have phantom stomach pains. Wow. I don't think any of us ever ate them again. Keep behind tight, Melissa. Yeah, you should not eat those again. Wow, that is, they were called wow chips. <laughs> That's what you say when you take a shit. Wow, this burn's coming out. Thank you, Olestra. Oh, my butt. This is an interesting one. Let's do what would uh, Christina P do. Let's do that one. I got a few of that. You got mom questions? CP's got mom answers. What would Christina P do? Oh my gosh. So this one made my skin crawl because I had, I have so much experience with this. This is from Bill. He's an 18 year old guy from Australia. Hey, you know, what's so funny is he writes, you know, I'm 18 year old guy from Australia, pretty much opposite your expected demographic, but love the show. I have so many men that listen to this show that don't have children. And a lot of people don't have children listen. So who knows what's going on, but I, I appreciate you. I don't have any children of my own, but had a question about my own mom. It's cute. He says it all foreign. Mom. I don't have any children. Okay. I'm very close with her and she's a great mom, but often I feel she shares too much information about her life to me when we are speaking. Often she will go on long rants about her problems with work 
or with her friends, sometimes telling me about her existential fears. I feel like she is one step off of telling me about her sex life. And I often feel like she is using me as a therapist. Is this normal? Do you intend on sharing stuff about your personal life with your kids? Personally, I just find it kind of weird. Love all the podcasts. Piss on me. Beat me, Bill. Bill. Uh, yeah. Yo. Okay. So growing up, I was my mom's therapist. And from the time I was really little, I mean, I'm talking like as much as I can remember, I was her shrink and I'd hear about so-and-so at work because she hated or one of my dad's girlfriends that was pissing her off and her love life and this and that. And I got to tell you, I feel like it's super abusive to do to children. She's your mom, not your best friend. Even at, I mean, especially at 18, you're still young. You're not her peer. You're not her equal. And I, if, I don't and do you share personal stuff with my do I share with my own kids I mean I mean if they ask some stuff yes but always on their level and um I know I will not be planning on using my children as my therapist and um I think if, if this makes you uncomfortable and it sounds like it it does I would politely say which is kind of what I learned to do with my my parents that were oversharing, I politely say, you know, mom, I'm happy to, um, discuss, you know, football or, or vases or flowers or TV shows. However, I'm really uncomfortable when I hear about X, Y, and Z. I really don't want to talk about that stuff with you. It makes me uncomfortable and see how she reacts she could be like, oh, okay, and just try to hold the, I don't know, it's a, hold the boundary, you know, like if you're on the phone with her and she starts getting into her personal life, just be like, oh, I got to go. Um, yeah, Nadav, do you have that with your folks or people and your, yeah, parents, um, your mom overshare? Uh, I don't think my mom really overshares. Like, it, I don't think that my mom's ever said stuff like, ooh, wish I didn't know that about you, but I've definitely had that feeling about my dad. He's an oversharer. Definitely an oversharer. Um, so how do you deal with that? Well, I have this method <laughs> of dealing. Tell me. Whenever my, parents, whenever my parents would do something that really irked me, all you really need to do is just explode one time <laughs> and then like i called the nuclear you just go nuclear the first time and they're like ooh doesn't like that yeah uh so you just kind of you just make it known that that is not shit that flies with you yeah so you just very aggressively like i mean i i, I don't know what a good example is but if she's if she's telling you about her sex life or she's about oh, to no. so if you feel like it's getting in that direction just be like Hey, look, I don't need to know what makes you come. You don't need to know what yeah. makes me come. Yeah, it's so close. Give me a minute. Find some friends that you could tell this to because you got to stop telling me this stuff. Yeah. Like, I remember my dad would even tell me about my mother. He'd be like, your mother was such a beautiful girl. She had nice tits, nice ass. And I'm like, I don't want to hear it. And I would get really mad at him and yell at him, too. Like, Dad, I really, it really makes me sick. Stop it. Um, and I also don't think it's appropriate to tell sex jokes. You know, that's gross too. You know, really? Yeah. Uh, yeah I have shame to, them. It's gross. I, I have shame them is great. I agree. Let them know that it's inappropriate. And I have to say, I don't, I don't envision a time where I will ever be friends with my children, even when they're adults. And let's say, you know, Ellis and Julian are 40 and I'm hopefully still alive. Wait, uh, I'll be 80. Oh Christ. Um, I don't see myself telling them, you know, my existential fears and burdening them. It's just not your job as a parent. Your job is to be there for them, not the other way around. So yeah, you're right. It's not normal. 
and uh, I'd say tell her to fucking knock it off. Yeah, set some right? boundaries as quickly as you can. Yeah, gross. Because otherwise, it's just she's a going to keep doing it, and b yeah. it's going to evolve into something even worse that you don't like. Yeah, yes, and not only that, if she's the type that she's going to get angry with you for putting down boundaries, good luck having you know. Then it's you're just always playing the game of putting the boundary up, they break it, and you're just doing this dance forever, which sounds like that could happen, or I don't know, she could be reasonable. Hopefully she's reasonable. This one I thought was really interesting. Um, I need your guys' help on this one because I'm not sure how to answer it, but I thought it was interesting. Um, hey, Mom. I'm not a mom, but still enjoy your show. See? What is up with? I love this. As you know, since the dawn of time, it's been extremely common for females to go into public bathrooms together. I even find myself venturing into the bathroom with my friends while out shopping at a restaurant or a bar. Women often have the luxury of escaping into the ladies' room while on a date in order to take care of whatever nasty, disgusting, or personal need they might have. My problem is that as a lesbian, I have noticed many of the women I date romantically still insist on accompanying me into the bathroom as if we were friends. Time and time again on dates, I will say, be right back, heading to the restroom, only to hear, oh, perfect, I need to go also. Let's go together. How do I politely explain to them that the reason I want to go alone is so I can be extremely gross without them knowing. I'm trying to keep things sexy, especially when the relationship is new and I can't be peeing in the stall next to my date and risk slipping out a fart. How do I keep them from following me into the bathroom without sounding like a jerk, completely R-worded, or revealing to them I'm as nasty as hell and risk their meow drying up like the Sahara Desert? Keep them high and tight, Rachel. That's right. It's not like kind of hard because you don't want to be like, Hey, you can't come with me to the bathroom because I have to shit or I have to fart. You can't, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm. Man, mm. especially when you're in public, because that's true. It's, it's just girl etiquette to be like, oh, I'm going to, I'll join you. Right. I never understood the whole buddy system and going to the bathroom. Oh, I love it. And girls do mm. do it. It's, it's just so we can go and talk uh, about you. Ah. <laughs> it is. It's really just a way to get away. And right. like have Taking a social a moment. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. I Maybe know. if you like fake a business call or an important uh, like call with the family or something, like you say, like you just, uh, you set an alarm or something. Oh, that's good. And you look at your phone, it's vibrating. You're like, oh my God, I need to take this. I'll be right back. And then you just I go like blast one out real quick in the bathroom and come right back. I like that. So don't announce that you have to use the restroom. Just say it's something else. And then if she sees you coming out of the bathroom, be like, oh, yeah. And then I, I took this call and I went to go pee or something. Yeah, I did a twofer. I did a twofer. There you go. <laughs> yeah, because, oh, my God. I remember when Tom and I had our first weekend getaway together as a couple. And we stayed at this wonderful hotel. We had no money. I don't even know how this guy was, poor guy, was affording to wine and dine me. But we went to this hotel. It was our first overnight. And... um. You know, how do you take a dump with a guy you're like just seeing, right? In the hotel when you're staying in the same hotel room together. Yeah, how'd you do that? So here's what I, I was, oh my God, I remember this. So fuck. So I think, okay, like, so I would try to sneak down into the lobby and dump in the lobby. <laughs> and then, um, Oh, and then like we would go to dinner. Wait, and then, hold hold on. Yeah. Did you tell him like, oh, something came for me in the lobby or it's just like, hey, I'm going to go disappear for like 20 or oh, 30 minutes. Because like you'd have to go downstairs. How, what floor were you guys on? I don't remember. Probably, you know, whatever in a hotel. I'd be like, oh, I, I forgot my 
toothbrush. I'm going to go buy a toothbrush. And then I would go and like walk around. Yeah, I'm going to go get a newspaper, whatever it was back then. And then, so what happened was I, the first day I wasn't, I didn't take a dump. It was two days we were apart together. And then I was like, fuck, like I'm, I'm pretty regular at taking dumps, you know? So then I was, then I became on a mission to find a safe haven toilet outside of our hotel room. And we went to this restaurant and I was like, okay, this is my chance. I'm going to take a dump now, you know? And he was at dinner, we were at dinner and I excused myself, but then the pressure of other people knocking on the door. And by then I was constipated, so I couldn't make brown. So basically I didn't brown the whole time we were together on our first holiday together. I'm trying to ask Tom how he took a brown. I'm pretty sure he did. I'm pretty sure he just let it rip and, you know, lit some matches and was like on with it. But I was so nervous. You know, you're so nervous in the beginning. You don't want them to know you do any of that stuff. So you didn't so you didn't brown that first time around. Yeah. When was the time where you let the brown get? Um, and by the way, and I remember when he dropped me off at my house after that first romantic weekend, the first thing I did was go take a shit. <laughs> Well, you know, I actually, I oh mean, my the God. first time that you're like hanging out with someone and, you know, yeah. spending the nights, I definitely hold the farts in. You have to. Yeah. To like for, for the first couple of weeks, if not first couple months, uh, like you're holding them into the point of like stomach discomfort. Where yeah. It really hurts. It really hurts. And it's terrible because you, all you're doing is like eating dinners and hanging out all the right. time, but you can't fart or dump. It sucks. But it's such sweet relief <laughs> when they leave and it's just an <laughs> orchestra. It's just I like, know. Oh my, oh my God, God. I didn't know I could feel this much relief. I know. I'm trying to think because I think Tom and I eventually, so he, he put my hands in his crotch and farted for the first time during the football game. Like in my apartment. How, how soon into the relationship did so, that happen? Like month two. Like it was our second month, third. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. It was pretty good. And then I think after that, we would have a, we would tell each other a joke like, I got to go look over here or something. Like we came up with a code. <laughs> like, <laughs> I got to go see a man about a mule or whatever the saying was. I got to ask Tom about that. Yeah. There you, if you lean yeah. into it and turn it into a joke, it becomes less weird. It is less weird. Cause you, you know, I seriously don't understand these couples who don't say anything though. Who are just like, excuse me. Or they don't even say excuse me and they just disappear. That's what <laughs> most people do, I think. Right? That's what, that's what normal people, a lot of normal people do. They don't announce it. They, but I feel like that's deceptive. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, I, like at a certain point, like I don't announce my farts, but I know that I've definitely, like, do you do the, like you lean to one side to try and do like a quiet one? <laughs> but sometimes it doesn't work. And it's just, you know, it's just like, whoop. Completely mistimed that one, and they look at you. They're like, "What was that?" I'm like, "Whoa, did you hear that?" And you just pretend you're just on in the same boat as them. You're like, "Well, uh, what was that?" I didn't hear that. That was my butt. That was my butthole. I farted on. I was on the elliptical the other day, and it's a yeah. And that my nanny came in with my baby just as I had farted, and the baby was like running towards me. I'm like, "Oh no, no, get out of here!" It was a rancid fart too. It was a real paint peeler. <laughs> it was exceptionally stinky. I don't know what I had eaten. But um, I got to ask Tom about, about the browns, how we started browning in front of each other. That's a trip down memory lane. And I've got to ask him about when's he going to do his half of the chores. Remember, I wanted to record that and see his reaction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you need to uh, you need to ask him. I'm gonna ask him in the new house. Be like, babe, I think we should put down some new rules for this new house. 
<laughs> I think his his head would explode. There's no way. <laughs> my husband, I'll tell you what, I love my husband dearly. I, I, I you guys know that I do. I, I just come to accept the fact that he is not he is not a dish doer. He is not an underwear picker upper or a laundry folder. He is he's an outsourcer. You know, we pay the cleaning lady to fold laundry and stuff. Um He'll never do it. And when, when we don't have a cleaning lady, just it's just he's a mess. He's just a messy guy. That's just his thing. And I've accepted it over the years. Yeah, I hear that. I mean, I, I'm kind of in the same mentality where it's like if you start running out of clothes and stuff, my thought isn't, oh, I need to do laundry. It's, oh, I got to really space this <laughs> these clean clothes out. Oh. So I could put off doing laundry for as long as possible. Of course. Are you kidding me? In college, I probably did laundry once a semester or some, or twice a semester. Yeah, my bed sheets maybe got cleaned twice. Yeah. Like, who has time in college or money? Like, I, I was so broke and stuff. No, I would just buy new underwear. <laughs> uh, got a couple of voicemails, too, for okay. what would Christina P. do? Let's do it. Hey, Hitlers. Um, so not a mom, but I'm an auntie. And um, there's another one on the way now. And I think the number has grown to seven. So here's my question. Do you expect the aunts and uncles to get presents for every fucking Christmas, Easter, Halloween, birthday. Like, I am struggling to stay on top of this, and I also just feel like I, my contributions aren't necessarily even that valuable because, you know, you've got enough shit lying around. It's really confusing. I don't want to be resented by my siblings. I don't want my nieces and nephews to feel like I don't love them, but also they can't remember shit under five. So I don't really understand what my role in this is. So... What do you think? Um, gotcha. I'm curious to hear your opinion. You're precious. <laughs> Keep those jeans high and tight. Mm-hmm. Love you, mommy. Thanks, jeans. Got you. Okay, so basically you're asking what, as an auntie, are you obligated to buy gifts for? What holidays? I'm going to go for the majors, okay? And there's two majors in the kids' in kids world. You got uh, Christmas and a birthday, As far as I'm concerned, you are obligated to buy people gifts on only those two holidays. Everything else is optional and and fun. Uh, Easter, I mean, bring a little chocolate. That's all you need, right? Just a little uh, bunny or some crap. But even so, big deal. What other holidays are there to buy people for? Valentine's? No, it's a bullshit Mm. holiday. There's Hanukkah. Hanukkah. Yes, Hanukkah. If you celebrate that, but, I mean I would that's go also Hanukkah. a chocolate thing. You know, I feel like uh, Hanukkah and Easter have the same level of gift. Where it's just yeah. like, ah, just stop by a Walgreens and pick up whatever chocolate they have. Yeah. So if you're an auntie or an uncle, you're obligated uh, uh, the Christmas Hanukkah thing and a birthday. And if you forget the birthday, you are a piece of garbage. <laughs> that is just mandatory, right? Wouldn't you agree? A birthday is the biggest. And Christmas. Yeah, I mean, Christmas. if they're under five. I mean, my uh, I just went up north uh, <laughs> for my for my niece and nephew, and when I got up there, oh yeah, uh, you did. Yeah, when I got up there, uh, uh, my my sister, who is the mother of, of my niece and nephew, she she starts making the cake. I'm like, oh shit, uh, is it my niece's uh, birthday uh, this weekend? She's like, it's next weekend. But normally, what I do is I try and do a thing where I, I stop by and I, I pick each of them a present before I, I do it, so that whenever they see me, they get a gift, and it's like oh, some nice. five or ten dollar thing. That's really nice. So I just forgot to do it this time, just because I didn't have time to pick up a gift. But that's sweet. I think I don't think you need to like send a gift, especially no. if they're super young. But like every time 
like if if you see them once a year, get them something small and cheap when when you see them because they don't care about expensive gifts. No, they don't know what the difference is. Yeah, yeah you could get a jar of the uh, like. Here's here's one thing you could do is like I know in some of these toy stores you could get like a jar. Like a huge, like one gallon jar of like animals or something. Yeah, they love that. Yeah, just well, just get the jar and then slow bleed that jar for a couple. Years. <laughs> it was like fifteen, slow twenty bucks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a great place to get stuff for kids too. It's like the ninety nine cent store. You get like a fake makeup kit or you know. Get them a sheet of bubble wrap. Yeah, they love that. Kids like the get them a, a big cardboard box. They yep. love that shit. Oh, kids love cardboard yeah. boxes. Yeah, scissors. They love scissors and hoses. <laughs> I'm going to read this one. Here's another one from Mumstralia. Um, I grew up very poor due to my mom and stepdad spending every last cent on alcohol and drugs. We were even homeless three or four times because of this. Oh, my gosh. Now, as an adult, I still live like I am poor, buying the cheapest of anything, reusing things that aren't supposed to be reusable, and not letting anything go to waste. Though some of these are positive, I also force myself to suffer through things that I don't need to, like not turning on the air conditioning when it's unbearably hot. My partner and I are comfortable financially, so it shouldn't be an issue but I can't turn off the voice inside my head that tells me to continue to suffer. My parents grew up in a normal, my, oh no, I'm sorry, my partner grew up in a normal household and has no understanding of what and why I do this to myself and always has to remind me that I'm not poor anymore. I know you've suffered with some of the same issues and really need to know what helped you start changing your thinking. I know it may be self-worth problems, but I don't know how to undo that. Okay, Jasmine. So Jasmine, yeah, of course. I I it's I call it the um the North Korea syndrome. There's this documentary I watched on a man that they had released from a North Korean uh, work camp and they brought him to Seoul, Korea and they gave him an apartment. They gave him a bed, they gave him a job and they gave him a subway pass and everything else. Well, they followed him around and lo and behold, I believe it was like a few months later, he was sleeping on the floor still. He refused to buy a TV and he was essentially living the same way he did in North Korea, even though he was now free and in a place where he could afford and get these nice luxuries. So what's the point? The point is at this point, if you've been traumatized as a kid, you're still... <laughs> you're still in that mentality, right? You're still traumatized. So your brain really only knows one way of operating, which is uh, suffering and duress and and to be in anxiety. And literally it creates grooves in your brain, that trauma. So you're, you're just, you're always in suffering. So I do, I always tell people, just get your ass into therapy and start noticing how you're, how you're essentially punishing yourself um, like, you know, when I talk about on your mom's house, I joke about the, um, toweling myself off. That's a, that's a habit I unconsciously <laughs> had for 40 some years. I just didn't towel myself off until one day I'm like, this is really frustrating to put on, <laughs> to put on like Lululemon leggings or whatever though. And, um, but it was a long process for me of like going to therapy and, and, and separating out what was mine and what was my parents'. Cause you learn that you just, you, you learn how to take care of yourself through your parents, right? Like you, you teach children how to brush their teeth. You teach children, Hey, you have to bathe every day. Um, Hey, you need to go to a doctor when you're sick. You need to go to a dentist every few months for a cleaning. You, you know, you, your parents teach you how to maintain yourself and they teach you what standard is acceptable 
for care, self-care and, and living. So if you don't have any of that growing up, you have, to, you have responsibility to teach yourself that stuff. So it really does start in therapy and going through your unconscious beliefs. You have so, I had so many unconscious uh, beliefs about money, about about how rich people, I thought all rich people were just bad people, right? That's what I was taught that, you know, money is bad and rich people are bad. It's like, well, no, there's good and bad poor people. There's good and bad rich people. It doesn't matter. And um, yeah, and, and, and that scarcity mentality is really crippling and can really hold you back. I also recommend, you know, what's a good place to start? I know therapy is such a daunting thing for some people. Um, there was a woman who just passed away. She lived to be like in her 90s. Louise L. Hay. Louise L. Hay. And she um, wrote so many great self-help books that are so accessible to people. If you're new to the self-help world, just Google <clears throat> Louise Hay. You Can Heal Your Life was her first book. But she has a series of talks that you can download. Uh, yeah, there's You Can Heal Your Life. The Power is Within You. All these books are so helpful. But what I really, really loved uh, was a lecture that you can download on iTunes. And I think it's about prosperity. Uh, something about like, you know, yeah, prosperity and deserving things. And she talks a lot about that, Louise L. Hay, in a talk she gives on. Here, I can find it for you right now. I'm going to go look. Go go more Louise L. Hay. I like looking at her. She is such a kind. Uh, you could just tell she was a sweet lady. And it's an audio book you download. Let me see. Here she is. It's under my audio book segment. She was, and I do morning and evening meditations with her. She's just such a nice. Oh, here we go. Receiving Prosperity. Look at that. Okay. That's a down. It's an aud, It's on audible.com. It is on iTunes, I believe. Ouch. Receiving Prosperity. It's a talk she gave in like the 80s or 90s. And all of her talks are just amazing. Oh, there it's on YouTube. You can listen to it for free on YouTube. Um, good woman. Okay. Um, let's do one more. What else we got, kiddo? Anything? Ooh, we got some fails. Got oh, some, we haven't done those nice in a while. Some mom fails. Okay, let's do those. Some voicemail. Now it's time for a round of mom, mom fails. fails. Hi, Christina. This is Beth from Minnesota. I have a mom fail involving my mom. My younger sister, when she was a toddler, was eating bite-sized pieces of pork chops in her height chair. And my mom noticed a little morsel on the floor. The dogs hadn't devoured it yet. So my mom puts it back up on my sister's tray. My sister ate all but that one piece. And my mom, hating to see, see anything go the way, she popped it into her own mouth. She ate something that neither a dog nor a young child would eat. I blame it on the martinis for her being clueless. To my mom's horror, it wasn't pork. It was a little smashed turd that fell out of my sister's diaper onto the floor. It was the same size and color as the food. She ate shit. Keeping them high and tight, 80 style. Love ya. Oh, my God. That's my nightmare. Oh, my God. I could see myself doing that. I love raisinets. That is so nasty. Ugh. Okay, next one. Ugh. Hey, this is Summer from Texas. Love the podcast. I have a mom cell. Um, I don't know if anyone else is like me who was told, you know, if your child doesn't see you, that they'll come find you. Um, but I was in the mall with my son who's about two years old, and he's, like, doing the whole asshole thing where he's trying to run off away from me. So I duck down this little hallway, like, thinking he's going to turn around and not see me. He's going to come back and find me. Nope. Literally three seconds later, I peek around the corner, and he is gone. Oof. Nowhere to be found. Cannot see him at all. 
So I'm freaking the fuck out. I find the mall security, and they finally find him in a store all the way across the mall. They bring him back to me, and he's kicking and screaming. I'm crying. I'm like, oh, my God, my baby, my baby. Mm. He's screaming. <laughs> Mommy, she wouldn't put me down. She wouldn't let me run away. That's my mom, though. My child wants to run away from me. Thanks. Always. Always. That's, that's what being a mom is, is you're trying to keep them from killing each other or killing themselves, and they're mad at you for doing it all the time. If that isn't the essence of being a mom. Oh. Um, yeah. Uh, so I have a great recommendation, especially when you have multiple children, because once those motherfuckers can run, they run in different directions. And if you're in a mall, it's really scary. Google and Amazon, there's a monkey backpack or like a little stuffed bear backpack. And, you know, it's like it looks like a stuffed animal. There you go. And you put it on their back and it's actually a leash, especially at two. That is when they really start to bolt. Um, so I put Juju in this because he's at the age now and they love it. They're wearing well, a backpack. That it's kid cute. seems a little old to be wearing a leash. Which one? The one that's right here. Uh, that's what you think. No. Well, they t they split. Like, this seems right. <laughs> that's about this right. This kid needs a leash. Yeah, they're right. That other kid should that know kid better. That kid needs a leash. That kid's cute. Look at that bowl cut. Gave them kids. That's okay, the haircut that's, I had. This is adorable. That's adorable. Yeah. Especially when you got multiples, man. But put that leash on that baby. You don't want to lose it, especially at Disneyland. I always see Asian parents doing it, and I always give them a thumbs up because I'm like, that's what you got to do, bro. Keep those kids. See, and it's cute. It's not. It's not oppressive. My parents used to put like a harness on me, like a real, like it looked like I was TikToked. You know what I mean? Like I. But I mean, that's not that much different. It's not, but it looked way more aggressive. Like my harness was like a harness, like a. <laughs> It was one that they used to use for the dog and then they repurposed it. Yes, a hundred. Yeah, terrible. So there you go. There's like the wrist leashes too, all that good stuff. Get yourself that. And they think of it as a game. Yeah, they take off it too. Oh my gosh. Okay, what else we got? Hey, James. This is Stephanie from Los Angeles. And I wanted to call to share a mom fail. So I have a seven-month-old uh, seven son and I took him to Trader Joe's the other week, and for the first time, I put him in the shopping cart. Um, I had one of those fancy little covers so that he didn't have to touch all the germs. And towards, he did really great, but towards the end of the trip, he started to get a little antsy. And so when I checked out from the cashier, I handed him my receipt to play with. And he was having the best time, and when I put him in the car, I decided that I would let him hang onto the receipt. And then about two seconds after I started driving, I thought, hmm, that was maybe a bad idea. So I reached back to take it back, but he had a pacifier in. So I thought, okay, no problem. He's not going to eat it. Well, when I went to take him out of the car, he didn't have a pacifier in, and I noticed a wad of white paper in his mouth, which I promptly removed. But Ugh. then I didn't get away with it because my husband said when he changed his diaper a couple uh, the next day that he actually had white paper in his poop. So that's my mom fail. Kids, love you. Bye. Good work. Uh, I think I've done that a few times where you think they're over the putting it in my mouth phase and they're not. Uh, one time I had Ellis as a baby sitting on my lap. I was talking to a friend and he was eating the napkin that was like right on, like fully eating it, fully digesting a napkin. Uh, yep, I've pulled batteries, coins out of my children's mouths, anything you could think of. Yeah, they would just eat everything. Anyway, 
Uh, go ahead and send me your mom fails, your hacks, your questions, your follow-ups to where my mom's at at gmail.com. Leave me a voicemail, 213-375-5184. It's been a delight being with you today. And until next time, stay cool, moms. Where my mom's, where my mom's, where my mom's at. Where my mom's wearing thongs, hitting bongs at. Raising kids, cleaning shits, need a long nap. Where my mom's, where my mom's, where my mom's at. Where my mom's at podcast. With Christina P.